It always seems a momentous thing at the start of the year to not just turn the page of the calendar, but to put up a brand new calendar. That blank calendar holds so much potential, so much possibility. In many ways, it signals a new start, a fresh opportunity, a blank canvas. There's a sense of anticipation about what will happen in the days and months represented within those pages. I don't know if that's ever been more true for our society than it seems to be as we begin 2021. As I think about 2021, I find myself thinking about the year through a few different lenses. The first lens is the passage of time that this year marks. In June, Meg and I will celebrate 15 years of marriage. I still can't believe they let us get married when we were only 12. Just kidding. But seriously, I don't feel old enough to be married for 15 years or to have a son who will become a teenager in this calendar year. Which leads me to the second category I find myself thinking about, the unknowns. When Tim turns 13 in November, we're entering into uncharted waters in the Rambo household. We've never done this teenage thing before, but we're going to be doing it from November of 2021 until July of 2034. If you haven't been already, you can start praying for us now. 2021, like any year, holds unknowns, and they can be both exciting and terrifying. Finally, I've been thinking about what I'm anticipating this year, what I want. I mentioned that Meg and I will be married for 15 years this June, and to celebrate, we're planning to drive down the Pacific Coast. We don't know when that's going to be possible, but it's something I'm looking forward to. Incidentally, if you'd like to rent a boy for a week, you can mark that on your digital connect card. Anyway, for all of us, 2021 marks the passage of time, and it holds things that we look forward to and things that feel beyond our control. The question I'd like to ask you today is this. What do you want? in 2021. After a year like 2020, we're placing a lot of expectations, both spoken and unspoken, on this new year. On the idea that 2021 will be better than 2020. So what do you want in 2021? I think this is a question that Jesus would ask us as we start this new year, because it's a question that he asked others. One of my favorite stories in which Jesus asked the question, what do you want me to do for you, is the story that was read for us from Mark chapter 10. In this story, we're introduced to Bartimaeus. Now here's what we know about Bartimaeus. He was blind, he was a beggar, and his dad's name was Timaeus. That's what Bartimaeus means. Now even today, most people don't really see beggars. They're invisible. And sadly, the unspoken assumption is that they don't have a lot to offer to society. So Bartimaeus, this blind beggar, begins to hear the murmur of the crowd. He hears that Jesus is coming and is going to pass by the place where Bartimaeus is begging. Now, I don't know what stories Bartimaeus heard about Jesus, but when he senses that Jesus is near, Bartimaeus begins to call out, Jesus, son of David, 
have mercy on me. But didn't we hear in the last couple months that Jesus was born to Mary and Joseph? Why does Bartimaeus call Jesus son of David? Well, the Israelites were waiting for the promised Messiah to come. The one the hymn writer James Montgomery would call great David's greater son. Son of David was one of those titles that was used to talk about the Messiah that Israel was longing for. Even though blind Bartimaeus couldn't physically see Jesus, he was able to see who Jesus really was. Now the crowd tries to shut Bartimaeus up. Even though they're following Jesus, they still don't see who he was or understand what he was about. But Bartimaeus isn't having it. He calls out even louder. And this time, Bartimaeus gets Jesus' attention. And Jesus stops. And he calls for the blind man. And the, the tone of the crowd turns on a dime. No longer are they hushing Bartimaeus. Now they're encouraging him in, in his trying to get to Jesus. And I love this part. Bartimaeus throws off his cloak and jumps to his feet. Now I want you to think about the homeless people you may have interacted with in your own life. Maybe you've seen them wearing a coat that was too warm for the day's weather. They don't want to take it off because they don't want it to get lost or taken. They need that coat. And they'll do all they can to hold on to it. But when Bartimaeus hears that Jesus is calling for him, he throws off his cloak. I think he believed it didn't matter anymore. He was willing to leave it behind if he could just get to Jesus. Because he believed Jesus could do something for him. And when Jesus gets face to face with Bartimaeus, Jesus asks him a question. What do you want me to do for you? When blind Bartimaeus gets to Jesus... Jesus asks him what he wants. Uh, hello, Jesus. What do you think he wants? But Jesus doesn't assume. And he doesn't push himself on Bartimaeus. He asks the question. He wanted to know what was in Bartimaeus' heart. Jesus wanted to know what Bartimaeus wanted. And Bartimaeus responds simply, Teacher, I want to see. And implicit in his response was the idea that Bartimaeus believed Jesus could do it. And Jesus is like, okay, yeah, we can make that happen. But it's so interesting to me that Jesus asks the question. You can't tell me that Jesus didn't know what Bartimaeus wanted. But he wanted Bartimaeus to acknowledge it, to name it, to own the desire that was in his heart. Now, as I was looking at this story again this week, I realized that this story about Bartimaeus is immediately preceded by the story of James and John's request to sit at Jesus' right and left hand. I love that when we come to the Word of God, we can see new things, even in the most familiar passages. Let me read it for you real quick to get it fresh in our minds. It's found in Mark chapter 10. 35 to 45. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. 
They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or my left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Did you catch it in this story too? James and John, the sons of thunder, come to Jesus and ask for a favor. And Jesus, without committing to their requests, asks, what do you want me to do for you? Not sure thing, not what can I do for you? He asks, what do you want? This question, which Jesus asks in other ways and places in the Gospels, gets right to the heart of his discipleship process because it cuts right to the heart. And when James and John say they want to sit at Jesus' right and left hand in glory, Jesus challenges that desire. You don't know what you're asking, he says. You don't get it. Here in America, our discipleship tends to be focused on two areas, words and works, or you could say head and hands, or information and behaviors. And usually depending on the kind of circles we've been formed in, we default to either one or the other. We either make discipleship about what we know and believe, or about what we do or don't do. We're comfortable making it about the, one of these two things because they're quantifiable. You can quiz someone on their doctrine or measure if they're doing enough of the right things. But our words and our works also tend to be on the surface of our lives. That's how they can be measured because in, in some way they can be seen. But if we focus our discipleship process only on words or works or even words and works, we fail at making true followers of Jesus. What's missing in this words work spectrum is exactly what Jesus is asking in these two stories, our wants. Our wants are vitally important to our being discipled because they reveal what is in our hearts, our desires, our motivations, the things we love, what we will to be. We can change what we know or how we act, but transformation doesn't happen until we let Jesus address what we want, unless we let him change what's in our hearts. We have to let Jesus get below the surface of our lives, down to the heart level issues. We need him to transform. That starts by acknowledging what's there in our hearts, not what we should want, but what we actually want, the good, the bad, even the ugly. James and John wanted places of privilege. 
and their want was challenged. Bartimaeus wanted to see, and he received healing and began to follow Jesus. When we are willing to own our wants, Jesus can speak a word of challenge or healing to us. And then he invites us to act in faithful obedience. Words and works are necessary, but alone, they're insufficient. It's not one or the other, but all three. This is how we're transformed and grow into Jesus's likeness. Learning to follow Jesus isn't just about knowing more or behaving better. It's about God transforming who we are and what we desire. So let me close by asking you the same question I started this message with. What do you want in 2021? Are you willing to acknowledge those wants? Are you willing to name them, to own them? Are you willing to invite Jesus to speak to those wants? Maybe a better question is, what does Jesus want for you in 2021? Are you willing to let Jesus transform your wants to look like what he wants? Will you give your year to him and let him speak to your wants and to invite you to a new level of faithful obedience? Let's pray together. God, we're so grateful that you are able to touch the very deepest parts of our hearts. You don't just want to change our minds or, or change the way we act, but you want to change our very hearts. You want to give us a heart of flesh instead of a heart of stone, a heart that can be molded and shaped. And you do that by, by looking at what we want. And, and speaking a word to those wants and inviting us to obey where you're leading us. So God, we ask that today you'd, you'd shine a light into our hearts, that as we start this new year, we'd take some time to let you look at what we want. And, and we would look ourselves and we'd acknowledge what's in there, whether it's something good or something not so good. Because just like Bartimaeus, we believe that you can do something about the wants in our hearts. So we ask that you challenge us and heal us so that we can follow you in joyful obedience. We give you this year. We consecrate it to you and ask that this year would belong to you. And that in 2021, at the end of it, no matter what happens this year, we could look back and say, in 2021, Jesus did a work in my heart that made my wants look like his wants. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.